Welcome to the eighth episode of the Jack of All Trades podcast. The quote of today's show is when shifts and transitions in life shake you to the core, see that as a sign of greatness that's about to occur. This is so important for us to think about as the end of the academic year is coming closer. And, you know, that means that our senior student athletes are going to be transitioning into the next phase of their lives. On today's episode, I am going to be focusing in on that process specifically by interviewing Jonathan Orr, who is the CEO and founder of Athlete Transition Services. This interview took place in my office because Jonathan Orr recently came to campus and was so impactful for our athletes due to his own story of transitioning out of sport and how it is so relatable to the trials and tribulations that the majority of current and also former athletes continue to face and struggle with. So on today's show, we focus in on that as well as these other topics of Jonathan's own opinion on why transitioning into life after sport is so important, but also challenging at the same time for athletes to get accustomed to. The difference between change versus transition And lastly, the metrics that Jonathan Orr and his company, Athlete Transition Services, utilizes to measure the impact that they have whenever they visit college campuses around the nation. So tune in and welcome to the Jack of All Trades podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Jonathan Orr to the show. How's it going, Jonathan? It's going well, Jack. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be on the show. Of course, of course. So, uh, you know, give us a little bit more of an introduction about yourself, you know, what you're doing with this company and what, you know, your 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 motivation lies. Yeah, man. So, um, again, the name of the company is Athlete Transition Services, and we exist to help athletes prepare for life after sports. And so we view it in a couple ways. One sort of that immediate transition for, say, for example, a senior that's getting ready to graduate from college or a recently retired professional athlete. And so there's a there's a level of support that that, that individual needs. But then we also believe that um, at any point along an athlete's journey, there are certain skills that can be developed, certain mindsets that can be um, adopted, uh, just, just certain things that can be done in an athlete's life um, to help them prepare for that day, regardless of when that day comes, and so, um, so yeah, man, we provide primarily uh, educational workshops in a host of different areas, as well as uh, life coaching services. Awesome, awesome. You know, one of the things that I found to be so intriguing about your own story in life is uh, the fact that you kind of lost your own identity when you were transitioning out of sport. You know traveling to uh, high school to speak I think it was on a video and you know really thinking that you might not have any value to provide them Um, you know one of the things that caught my eye was you know how realistic that is no matter if you're a former NFL player or not no matter what sport you play it's so key so um, based off of you know that own moment in your life as well as the moments afterwards how did you create your own plan to transition successfully into life once you were done playing football you know what jack that that was really the turning point for me i call it the u-turn 
because I literally, I literally, as I was driving to my high school to speak, um, it's the first time I was doing any speaking since since I was out of football, and um, I was just bombarded with these emotions and thoughts of, man, like I don't play football anymore. I don't matter. They were, they're not going to want to listen to anything I have to say. And so I made a U-turn. But later on, uh, shortly after that, I realized, like, man, this isn't right. Like, my my self-esteem, my self-confidence. My self-worth should not diminish because I'm no longer playing football. And so that's when the journey started for me. I started uh, doing some soul searching, um, praying, and just uh, I really I asked God to show me who I am. Right. And, and, and eventually I, I came to the realization like like my identity comes from, from who I am in God. Like I'm a human being first and foremost. And so it doesn't matter if I'm catching touchdowns on Sunday or if I'm, um, you know, working teaching children, right? Or uh, doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank, what kind of car I drive, none of that matters uh, when it comes to, to, to who I am. And so the foundation from that point moving forward for my identity was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. And that really helped me. Um, that was sort of the springboard that, that, um, that, 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 that really helped me to start transitioning personally. And then I, I feel as though the transition, transitioning personally, right? Understanding your, your core identity, that really helps you to figure out the, the other stuff, the career stuff, the, your, your greater purpose in life. But if you don't even know who you are, then it's going to be hard to figure out and progress professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's so in line with one of my favorite podcasters' own stories and Steve Weatherford. Um, you know, it's the athlete mindset. You're always tied up in achievements, right? So mm-hmm. you're always, you know, you're either winning or losing. Hopefully, as an athlete, most of the time you win. <laughs> but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's not always going to be like that. It, there's always lessons, even bigger lessons within the failures of yeah. life, right? Yeah. So it really comes down to the fact of, you know, athletes need to know this type of of information about how to transition successfully into life, but why do you believe that athletes need to know the information in regards to transitioning? Yeah, because a lot of athletes get stuck. They get stuck, again, personally, they get stuck professionally. Once they're done playing, um, if they don't figure out who they are, that they have an identity that exceeds beyond their, their, their sport, um, that they have a greater purpose in life, that they've been put on this earth to do more, that they have other gifts, talents, abilities, that they have other passions that maybe they haven't tapped into. If they don't realize those things, then they'll get stuck. They'll constantly be trying to hold on to something that, that, that uh, they're used to. They'll be trying to hold on to, 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 to their sport in some way or another and won't progress in life. So that's why I think it's important for athletes to yeah. understand how to transition. Yeah, I think that that's key, right? Because when you think about being an athlete, specifically a student athlete which is a high which is a high performing position on a collegiate landscape so much time gets tied into that so what you mentioned was you know not being able to have the time to really figure out what your other passions may be because all the time you have is being dedicated to your one sport besides going to class um so after sport you've been known for most of the time, 21 years of your life as a athlete. And then after that, you know, it's not the case anymore. Yeah. So why do you think that transitioning into life after sport is so hard for um, current and former athletes to get accustomed to? 
Well, I, I think it's what you just said. Again, um, in a lot of cases, you, you take a 23-year-old who's getting ready to graduate. In, in most cases, they, they've been playing their sport 15 years, right? Some longer than that. And now all of a sudden, this part of your life that has been uh, such a, a, a ingrained part of, of who you are for so long is now all of a sudden it's not part of your life anymore. And so um, f- trying to figure out how to process that, how to navigate through that, how to how to deal with that breakup, right, can, can be can be challenging. And so, um, you know, and it, it doesn't matter, I don't think, right, if you're, you know, a, a college athlete, professional, even high school athletes, right, with the amount of of uh, effort and, and time that's being spent on from youth, you know, uh, athletics on up, like it, it's it's rough mm-hmm. once those playing days are over. Mm-hmm. And it's so rough because of the fact that no matter what you just mentioned, if you're a high school athlete, a college, or even a pro, you're always trying to go to that next level yeah. in in that sport. And most of the time, they try to tune out anything that might not relate to going to that next level right yeah so how do you effectively teach athletes about transitioning outside of sport when most of the time they have the mindset of you know i'm going pro all the time so so two things uh i would say to that one and 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 i'm guilty of this when I, i can remember being a high school even a college athlete and people would talk to me about uh, you need to have a plan B. I would get upset because I felt like you. What you trying to jinx me or or say that I'm not good enough to accomplish this? But, but the way I phrase it now, like athletes need to have a parallel plan. So it's not necessarily Plan B. Like, continue on this journey, on this lane, right, of being the the best athlete you can be and accomplishing these goals. But at, simultaneously, you need a, a, another plan that you're working on because one day it might not be, uh, you know, a year from now. You may go on to have a 10-year career as a pro, but it's going to end, right? Like, it's going to end. Like, it's inevitable that it's going to end. And so you need another lane that, that, that you're working on so that when that day does come, that, that you're, you're prepared for it and so that you're, uh, you're able to transition and, and still find fulfillment in life. Mm-hmm. And finding that fulfillment in life, you're always going to be attached to that uh, achievement mindset. I mean, no matter who you are, even as a non-athlete, right? you're always prescribed to you know how many likes does this post get right and 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 you and you dictate your success based off of how many likes a post gets right so it's so hard to teach you know transitioning when it doesn't really relate to likes or dislikes right so what are you know some of the most critical aspects of the transition process itself well, a couple of them we already named. Um, the whole identity piece, I would say that's the most critical aspect of transitioning, making sure that what I call the core identity is intact. I mean, you're an athlete, that's part of your identity, but the problem becomes when the foundation for your identity is 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 your, athlete, your being an athlete, right? When that's the foundation, when that's the core of who you are, then it, it creates that I am what I do mindset. Um, and then what happens when you don't do it anymore? It's almost like you cease to exist. So I would say that's that's primary. Um, secondary, I would say, is is finding purpose or fulfillment in life afterwards. And then that really comes into taking the time to discover um, what your passions are, what your gifts are, uh, what you're good at. Um, like you mentioned, a lot of time that's been put on a back burner in pursuit of being the best athlete you can be. And so um, so that's something that 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 
is another critical aspect, just taking the time to figure out what your greater uh, purpose is. Mm -hmm. And the purpose in life, you know, everybody, the two greatest moments in life is one when you're born and the other one is when you figure out why you were born, right? So there's so many skills that people learn through sport, even Mm -hmm. if they don't have the time to really focus in on other passions that they may have. So how do you, you know, go about teaching athletes how to leverage those skills that they gained throughout their athletic? Man, that's that's a big part of uh, what we focus on in our next season um, transition workshop. And so uh, what I like to say is, you know, when you when you walk away from your sport, you're walking away with more than trophies, you're walking away with more than um, championships, rings, uh, relationships that you build, lifelong relationships. You're walking away with something valuable called transferable skills. And regardless of what you want to get into afterwards, like the skills that you've acquired from being an athlete, like will, will serve you well. Um, but the important thing is to be aware of them first and then being able to articulate it, right? So that others can understand the value that you bring to, to their organization or their company. So leveraging that background um, and being able to communicate it so that others can see like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we need you here. And and I have tons of stories, man, of, of former athletes who have, uh, who have gotten certain opportunities in large part because they were a former athlete, college um, or professional athlete, um, tons of examples. I mean, you know, got personal stories where, you know, that's happened for me. Um, some doors were open because people knew what I had to bring to the table because of my, my former experiences being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I, you know, found interesting, not about you per se, but in Alabama, you know, one of the things that a golf company does there is they they brought on three Alabama former football players Mm-hmm. that were, you know, they never touched the field, but as part of their marketing campaign, they said, come buy golf clubs by former <laughs> Alabama football players. And that's going to increase genius. the revenue yeah, because of absolutely. the fact that everybody wants to know what Nick Saban teaches, right? Yeah. So that's what it really comes down to. Is um, That's a great story. I'm going to have to use that. You mind if I, if I use that? I don't mind at all, man. <laughs> all it's right. all you. Um, so the skill set, you know, is so important. And, you know, the other thing is there's the difference between having a change in your life and then transitioning into something else. So yeah. what is that difference itself? Yeah, so um, this again, something that, that, that we cover in our workshop. Uh, so uh, every athlete is aware of the change that's going to happen, right? The fact that they will no longer be an athlete, but very few are aware and prepared for the transition. So what, what I mean by that, change is what happens to you, right? It's something external that is now different. Change on the other, excuse me, transition on the other hand is what happens on the inside of you as a result of the change that you're facing, mm-hmm. right? So when I was in uh, sixth grade, a uh, girl named Hillary broke up with me, right? So now all of a sudden, Hillary and I, we aren't holding hands anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not sitting by each other at the uh, at lunch, um, walking in the playground, walking on the playground together, sitting on, next to each other on the bus. So all that is external. That's not different. That's the change. I no longer have a girlfriend. But now the transition is me thinking, you know, in the sixth grade, will I ever find love again? Right? Me, me going yeah. through <laughs> me going through the, 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 the inner turmoil um, that came from a result of that breakup, trying to f- process all of these emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
So it's the same thing with athletes. Like, you know the day will come when you're not going to play anymore, but very few athletes understand that, that process, that, that psychological progression that they have to go through as a result of that, that breakup from their sport. Yeah, so key. Yeah. Mindset, right? Yeah. Is the whole centerpiece of that is because, I mean, no matter what changes might go on outside, it's not going to necessarily change you inside. The only thing that wants to change you inside is yourself. Mm. And the thing is... You, 99% of the battle is getting into the right mindset, no matter yeah. what part of life you're in. Athletes yeah. can relate to this because that's why we see teams such as UCF almost beat Duke yeah. because yeah. of the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what exactly happens. It's just you can't work based off of talent alone. You have to have that internal mindset of the transition which you just mentioned um and uh you know so you've been doing this for five years now it was the fifth year anniversary this past summer um how do you measure you know the impact that you've been able to have during your presentations and then i think the most important thing is after the presentations themselves yeah so um during a presentation it is it's what I, what I look for, right, is, is interaction, um, and which isn't always the case. Some student athletes are not as, and it depends on the size of the group, things like that. Um, but just engaging in the dialogue, right, uh, uh, taking time to go through the, the different activities that we go through, uh, participation um, to some degree. Uh, and then afterwards, um, so every single workshop we do, we, we, we have quantitative uh data that, that, that we get. So we distribute a survey um, immediately following the workshop where um, they're gauging the, the content. I mean, where they're judging the content as well as the, uh, as well as the presenter. And then, so we're able to get that, that immediate feedback and it's open-ended questions too. And so we're able to, to assess that. And um, man, for the last, since, since we've been in business, um, our success rate on a scale from one to five has always been around 4.5 to five. And so that's every single workshop that we do. And so that's judged in 10 different areas. Um, and then we go through the feedback as well, just seeing what works, how, how we can improve, uh, you know, from those open-ended questions. And then, but, but then the qualitative pieces is, is, is so uh, advantageous to us too. So just the, the, the interaction with student athletes afterwards Oftentimes we hear, man, I didn't want to come to this. It's a Tuesday night. Um, you know, we just had practice, but I'm so glad I did. Like, like, or, uh, you know, I'm a senior. All this stuff is, is stuff that I've been thinking about the last couple of months. I'm so glad that I, I was able to process it and, and, and learn how to deal with it. Or getting emails, like we do a financial literacy workshop. Um, one young man said, I'm no longer a student athlete, but I said in your presentation, uh, I think a year or so ago, and now um, I have an emergency fund. I have a savings now. And so um, so things like that is, is how we gauge it. It's the personal stories, I think, is so key. And that's what, you know, this guy brings on a whole nother level is the, the degree of care is to the utmost importance to what he does as, as a human being every day. Um, and, you know, one of the things that this next piece is, you know, going to focus more in on is, you know, just you as a person. So getting to know you um, personally instead of just professionally. So, you know, one of the questions that I think is so interesting 
that <clears throat> Steve Jobs used to ask during every single interview that he had whenever he was interviewing people for new jobs mm -hmm. was if you had to do a TED Talk on something that you don't do professionally, what would it be and why? Man, for me, it, it would be fatherhood. Um, fatherhood is, is so I, I have a, a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, well, my wife and I, a nine-year-old, eight-year-old, and a five-year-old. And for me, it has been um, one of the most rewarding and challenging at the, at the same time, one of the most difficult uh, sort of task, but but for so fulfilling at the same time, and and so um, I think just fatherhood is just so important, man. It's, it's something that that I think is 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 not talked about enough in in certain circles, um, and so that that's a TED talk that I would like to to do. It's just so many lessons I've learned. That's it's about me and just life in general, just from being a father. So that's excellent. You know, I mean, that's something that I think the world needs more of. It's just more positive male role models right i mean yeah. no matter if you have kids or not if you're a guy listening to this you're most likely working in student athlete development or academics and just the fortitude that we get to have on a daily basis you yeah. know just making a daily impact yeah. on um people as males is so key because i mean everybody always yeah. wants to talk about you know the female aspect of it which is great but males need to step up too. Yeah. And that's why I, I love the fact that you would want to give a TED Talk on that. Man, um, can, I, can I share one quick, yeah. real quick story? So I had uh, my 36th birthday last week. And prior to um, my birthday, for a couple of weeks, I had been kind of kicking myself. I was I was a little down, um, sort of being hard on myself because it's certain things that I want to do for my kids financially that you know I just haven't been able to do up to the degree to which I would like. And so I talked about it with my wife, even talked about it with a good friend, like, man, I want to be able to do more for my kids, buy them certain things, put them in certain positions, so on and so forth. And so my wife had my kids for my birthday write down 36 things, each had to write down 12 that they, uh, that they appreciate or love about their dad, about me. And so they gave it to me on my birthday, man, out of the 36 things, 32, 33 had nothing to do with money, man. It was like my son wrestling with, with them, right? tickling them, my daughter holding her hand when we walked through the store, right? And so it just touched my heart so yeah. much because here I am thinking like, like man, I'm doing my kids a disservice when in actuality, man, it's, it's, it's the time, it's the little things, man. That, right. that, uh, that, so it just helped to change my whole man, perspective, that, man. That's so, awesome. Yeah. It's always the little things in life that bring you the most the most joy yeah just you know sometimes people don't have the time to really think about those right yeah, yeah. and the also the thing about fatherhood is so key is the fact that you can learn so much from your kids like <clears throat> my fiance is a school teacher and she came home the other day and told me you know one of my students told me that there's two people in life there's bucket fillers uh -huh. and then there's bucket dumpers uh -huh. so are you going to fill people up Mm. or are you going to drain them? What grade is, does your fiancé teach? Fourth grade. Wow. So, wow. As, so as a fourth grader, that's like, you know, some Gandhi stuff, yeah, right? It is, and man. It's just the mindset of yeah. kids in how simple life is to them is so key, and it's so important to tune into. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the next question is, what would you do with your time if you had no audience? Man, that's a lot of things. Uh I'm a, this, 
I have a confession to make, so I'm a, I'm a, I have a couple trash TV shows that I like to watch, and so I do that when I have no audience. When I have downtime and work is done, and my wife and kids are away, or sometimes with my wife, so I like like the the Real Housewives series. So I watch them all, man. And so <laughs> with no audience, That's awesome. I'll be sitting there watching some Real Housewives <laughs> yeah. and some other reality shows. Um, so yeah, those that, are that's what I would do pretty addicting i'm not gonna lie yeah um the next question is if if you could give individuals three lessons to elevate their lives what would they be and why man hey you asked some good questions jack thanks man three three things to elevate their life um one would be figure out what you're passionate about because uh, oftentimes our, our passions are clues, right, to what we should be doing. I, I heard it said once before that you're, you don't choose your passion. Your passion chooses you. Mm-hmm. And it's a reason for that. So that would be one. Two, uh, I, show more love and kindness, man. I think that's something that's, that's missed, especially nowadays. Um, like it's, it's, it's not a sign of weakness, right, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to be kind, to love people, man, to show respect. And so, although it oftentimes is viewed as a sign of weakness, but but I think um, well, people who do that, man, t- things tend to work out, you know, pretty good for them. I'm not saying let people run over you, but genuinely, you know, just kindness right. is, is another thing. Um, one, like work hard, work hard. I think something that's that's missing um, in some of the <laughs> the younger generations is is sort of this entitlement mm-hmm. uh, attitude, man. Mm-hmm. That that and I got to get on my kids about it. That you know things are just supposed to be given to you or just work out with no effort. Yeah. Um. So man, work hard. Like very seldom will hard work not pay off. It mm-hmm. may take time, but just you know trust the process, man, and mm-hmm. the seeds that you're sowing from working hard. Yeah, I think yeah. that those are all really really great. You know, one of the things that I wanted to hone in on some is you know the second one of just kindness is now companies are using kindness and empathy as a marketing tool. Mm. Like, I'm being empathetic, whereas back, you know, maybe 10 to 15 years ago, that was expected. Yeah. And it's yeah. just a whole different mindset. Wow. It's the entitlement key is like, look, you need to buy my stuff because I'm doing this service. Well, you're supposed to be providing a great service, yeah. so... You know, it's not exactly a talking point to talk about when you're providing a great service because that's why people are hired for what they do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Another thing is the third one is the entitlement pieces. I think one of the things that's really missing in this is, you know, a sports podcast is the fact that now people are just getting participation trophies all the time. Like, Don't get me started on that, Jack. It's you're either a winner <laughs> or, or you're a loser. Man. You could have three stages of winning, yeah. but if you're not one of those three people, yeah. or in most cases one person as a team or as a unit, you shouldn't be getting a trophy. I, I agree with you, Jack. I do. I <laughs> so, do, man. I coach Little League flag football and – yeah, so that's something I'm going to have to discuss yeah. with our commission. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, next question is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and who was it from? Man, I've received 
a lot of great advice over over my life. Um, I'm mean, blessed, man. Just have a lot of wise, just mentors and, and friends. Um, but the best piece, the the best piece was probably from uh, Dr. Terrence Green. He's a, a guy I grew up with. He's now a professor at the University of Texas, who just got tenure. Congratulations, Terrence, if you hear this. <laughs> but uh, Terrence told me in between my freshman and sophomore year of college um, that I need to to have a relationship with God, and. Uh, and so I, I listened to him, and uh, so glad I did. Best decision I ever made. That's awesome. Was to, uh, yeah, to to allow God to enter my life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so key because I mean, yeah. if, if if you don't have the voice of God every single day, then you're gonna have the voice of self doubt. And mm-hmm. the uh, way to eliminate that is just to spend some time with the, uh, God every yeah. day. Absolutely. And I think that's so key. Um, Next is, what are you learning from the student-athletes that you serve on your mission in life? Man, I am learning that um, athletes are a different breed, man. Uh, and, and, I, and I mean this in the, in the best way possible, but there are so many qualities that they have um, that, that a lot of people just don't have, right? Just, from, just by virtue of being... Um, having that athletic experience, and so, uh, which I kind of knew, but now seeing it on a whole, on a whole another level, hearing the stories of, of athletes that have overcome certain situations, um, that that have um, you know been able to push through right difficult um, circuit, whether it's injuries, whether it's just things in life. Um, so that that's one thing. Then just learning the resiliency of of, of athletes. Yeah, it's encouraging. I think that's. Very encouraging to hear about their bounce back and how they transgress through life. Um, Next question before I ask the three final questions is, what impact do you wish to leave? So what do you want your legacy to be? In life in general? Mm Mm-hmm. Man, when it's all said and done, um, whether it's, my work with ATS or, um, you know, my, my work as a father, as a husband, I, I, I want, I want people to be able to say that I help to usher them right into their, their purpose, what God created them to do in some way or another, whether it was something I said or, uh, you know, the way I sort of guided my children, whatever the case is that, that I, that I, I helped them along the way to be the, the, the person that, that, that they were created to be. I think that's awesome. It's so awesome. Because, I mean, it's the end of the day. It's like there's who you are in work and then who who you are in your personal life. If if what you're, you know, teaching through ATS doesn't align with who you are in in your personal life, yeah. then it's a mission unfulfilled, right? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I think that that's awesome. So first of the three final is... Now we've been talking, you know, about some of what you do as a company with Athlete Transition Services, ATS. Um, But is there, you know, any other thing that I haven't asked you that you would like to cover? Uh, Man, about ATS? Or about... Oh, about anything. About anything. Um, So I, I do have a book. 
I wrote a book. Uh, it's almost a year old called Games Over. Life's Not the Athlete's Guide for Transitioning. It's available on Amazon, or you can get it from uh, from our website at, at much cheaper than Amazon, which is atscorp.org. And then I'll talk about that more later. But um, so that that's one thing. Uh, like I kind of mentioned this earlier, but the the workshops that we provide for for uh, colleges across the country, um, we we provide workshops in four different areas. So one is transition uh, management. Then we have financial literacy, we have health and wellness, and we also have uh, leadership development. So we provide different workshops in each one of those under each one of those pillars. And so um, check us out. We love to to serve your your student athletes. Awesome, man. Awesome. And uh, next is where can others connect connect with you more? You know, what type of social media handles do you use the most? You know, just where can people get connected with you and uh, you and your company's work? Yep. So, again, the website is uh, atscorp.org. You can find out about all our services, become an ATS member, um, just just everything we have going on there. Um, social media, uh, I'm J-O-R, J-O-R-R underscore ATS, and that's Twitter and Instagram, J-O-R underscore ATS. On Facebook, is this the name of our company, Athlete Transition Services is our page. And we also have a new company, uh, Instagram, which is uh, Athlete Transitions, Athlete Transitions. And so our, our, uh, our intern um, is, is, is uh, working on that project. She's done a fantastic job, um, you know, helping us sort of beef up our social media game. Uh, what's up, Casey Baldwin, our intern? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I love it. You know, so make sure you guys connect with him. Um, you know, right now I just want to show you some gratitude and appreciation for the work that you do on a daily basis. I think it's so impactful. You know, a lot of times when you go through life as an athlete, your coaches, they may only want the best of you from a certain extent of, you know, how can you perform so that I can get these W's instead of, you know, how, yeah. how can you perform so that I can get so that I can help you have the W's in life and what you do as a company and just as a human being is so impactful and so important and the crucial conversations are definitely needed. Um, so right now I just want to ask you the final question. Uh, this, this is the Jack of all trades podcast, which is how to live a life of virtue. Virtue to me is values that inspire the readiness to transform one's own understanding of excellence so what is your definition of virtue and what does it mean to you? Wow. Um, virtue. So can I, before I answer that, Jack, thank you for the opportunity and uh, for what you're doing, um, providing this, this, this resource, this outlet to, to have these conversations, man. It's, it's, um, it's tremendous. Uh, something like this is needed. And I've done quite a few podcasts. And let me say these are, probably the best questions I've ever had. So uh, I appreciate your, your uh, everything you put into this, man. And, and again, just for doing this and the work that you do with student athletes, man, on a day-to-day -day basis. And so um, I'm excited to see what the future has for you. Thank um, you. Now back to your virtue question. Um, virtue, I, I guess I would define it as, this is pretty plain and simple, but something uh i guess my definition would be something positive and good that 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 benefits others mm -hmm. i think <laughs> that's I great that? yeah no <laughs> right. that is great great question and 
you know, how can people, you know, live that out? Man, um, I, I think part of it goes back to sort of what we talked about earlier, man, just, just coming from a place of, of genuine care and, and, and compassion, right. And, and empathy for, for people. Um, I think it starts there. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, but by having that, man, you, you'll, you'll want to do right by people, man, and, and, and help people out and lead them the right way and, and, uh, help to impact their life, um, in a positive way. Uh, man, that is so great. Thank you, Jonathan Orr, for being on the show. And, uh, I look forward to having you present to our athletes tonight on the next season transition. I'm excited about it. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Jonathan Orr surrounding the topic of transitioning out of college athletics. And if you did, make sure to share this with your colleagues as this podcast was created to provide value to those within the N4A community and to really make sure that we maximize our own potential that we have within ourselves to build great programming for the athletes that we get to encounter on a daily basis. And also, I highly recommend reaching out to Jonathan Orr and his company, Athlete Transition Services, to see if he's a right fit to bring to your campus because he was so impactful for our athletes. And one of the statements that we got from our metrics that we use in-house is to bring him back. About 95% of the people mentioned that they wanted him back, so we look forward to having him back next year. And also... Be sure to check out upcoming episodes and even past episodes that you may have missed. And until next time, continue to live a life with virtue.